birthday hard. I'm forgetting we're not in Kansas anymore. Wish I knew how Queens is it? I'm gay. You can't love yourself. How in the hell are you gonna love somebody else? Can I get an amen? Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Hi, I'm Robbie Roselle, and my pronouns are he, him. I am Rob Schneider. My pronouns are he, him. And welcome to Gay Card Revoked. 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 Taken away. Hey, how have you been? How was your Thanksgiving, Gobble Gobble? Uh, My Thanksgiving was lovely. And uh, I saw you the next night, so it was even better. I love that. Folks, I wish you could see this. Robbie is wearing a fantastic shirt, which I'm sure will someday be a subject on this podcast. Oh, 100%. Diva Robbie, what are you wearing? Oh, hi. Thank having you here. I'm wearing a T-shirt of little Edie Beals from Gay Gardens. And it says the revolutionary costume for today because this is the best costume for today. I have to think these things up. Where do you get these wonderful shirts? Because you have so many wonderful queer shirts. Swishembassy.com. Great. And is, I, I would love a promo code. They're, they're, they're not a sponsor of no. us, but swishembassy.com. I have so many of them. Go support them. Go support yeah. them. Cool. Support queer artists. Support not queer expensive artists. queer artists, but like support <laughs> queer artists. Support me. Download my album. Yes. Uh, anyway, yes. Download Robbie's album you? Christmas. I, you know what? I am doing great, and I'm doing even greater because we have a guest today. I'm in love with him. I is is such a he's a brilliant writer. Mm-hmm. He is a brilliant actor. Mm-hmm. Um, he is incredibly funny mm-hmm. and has brought to us today something quite wonderful. Yeah. Uh, Robbie, what has he brought to us? He has bestowed upon us the gift of Lucy Ball in the 181 episode sitcom, I Love Lucy. Mr. Mr. Rizal. I do um, love Lucy. D- d- I know you do. Do you yeah. remember the first time you encountered I Love Lucy? Yes. Well, uh, I mean, not the exact date. I'm not Mary Lou Henner, but... Um, <laughs> I almost did a spit take. And if you don't know what this man is talking about, please Google Mary Lou Henner memory. That's it. I saw it clearly in reruns, but it wasn't Nick at Night. It was like afternoon reruns on like TBS or something like that. Superstation TBS from Boston. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> at uh, 6.05 p.m. Not 6 right. o'clock, 6.05. And, you know, they would always, right, after Punky Brewster, yes. um, they would always show like um, Leave it to Beaver, uh, My, My Three Sons. My, My Three Sons, which is also, yeah. you can see on Corbin Fisher as well. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I was trying to one up the joke and you did it. It's fine. Mary Lou Hunter will never forget it. Um, <laughs> uh, and and the, and Lucy, like it was like this sort of three or four uh, black and white sitcoms that I guess stood the test of time. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what and Dennis the Menace. So. Lucille Ball was mm-hmm. she she was an, she was a model she was an actress um, she was a big star in in Hollywood uh, and she had a radio program called My Favorite Husband but at the same time she was doing this radio show she was actually married to Desi Arnaz who was a very famous band leader and they decide she decided she wanted to do a television show and she was only going to do it if Desi Arnaz was going to be um, her husband in the show, and of course, 1950s America was like, no, 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 that's that's they're not going to accept that that he's not American. Um, and she, they brilliantly went on a tour of America together to get people used to the fact that yes, you can see 
this couple as an actual couple, not only in real life, but on television as well. And that's what gave us I Love Lucy in 1951. Nice. Can you imagine? Since 1951, this show has been with us. And it's never been off the air a day. It's like Hello, Dolly. Until the pandemic, every day... There was a dolly walking down a, a set of stairs somewhere in the world. How, I mean, just just how incredible is that? So for for seven from 1951 to 1957, mm-hmm. she did "I Love Lucy," which has become a staple for all of us. And I don't think they get the credit they deserve because not only did "I Love Lucy" create this timeless comedy classic, it also gave us the rerun and the three camera shoot because mm-hmm. most of them were only done on like one camera he he gets three cameras in there so you can put the whole thing together it's it's pretty pretty brilliant and then they unfortunately divorce the show the show ends they divorce and then lucy goes on to have her own career in things like the lucy show and here's lucy and my personal favorite from the 1980s life with lucy you really root for an underdog I, you know, I really do root for life with Lucy because it's so, okay, folks, if you've never seen, just so you're aware, so Lucy, great physical comedian, a a, a groundbreaker, can we agree? Mm -hmm. Because you can watch it over and over and over. Over and over and over and over, and Mm -hmm. every time you see this show, it makes you laugh. No matter. Not so much life with Lucy, but. So folks, life with Lucy, unfortunately, as we, you know, Lucy had been on the, on television, think about this from 1951 to about 1973. Can you imagine? Always Um, playing the same, like a variation of the same person. She was like a chromaloom. She was a chromaloom. So anyway, so yeah, so at the end of her life, she did this, this show called Life with Lucy, which I love. It ran for like, they filmed 13 episodes. I think they only aired six of them and they canceled Lucy. Who would cancel Lucy? It's so sad. So it's anyway, the only one that's, that wasn't on uh, CBS too. It, it was, it was on ABC, I think. Yeah. And it's so sad. You can look at the Joan Rivers clip where she's sitting with Joan Rivers and, and, and she's like, I, they don't like me anymore and it hurts. And you're like, oh my God, Lucy, it breaks my heart. I did just watch recently because Amazon Prime has a bunch of the Dean Martin celebrity roasts up. Oh yeah. Um, and what everybody's wasted in them and uh, they're pretty offensive. However, the Lucy Ball one is wonderful. A po- really a, a comedy pioneer. Yeah. Um, and to talk about this beautiful comedy pioneer today. We yes, have let's introduce our guest. A very special guest. Mr. Rizzo, would you be so kind as to tell us who our guest is? Nothing would make me happier, truly. Mm. He is a brilliant writer, uh, a brilliant actor who can be seen on Netflix as The Politician. And he's just a all-around wonderful person. Let's welcome to the podcast, Ryan Haddad. Thank you. Ryan, let's talk about first you, if we may, Um, if we must. Can you tell everyone a little bit about the incredible play that you have created? It is called Hi, Are You Single? And it is about horniness and sexiness and society pigeonholing disabled people as not sexy and not capable of desire and passion. And then flipping that on its head in order to say, like, I am here, I'm in my underwear, I'm erect, and I want to fuck, period. But also I want to find love and date, and, like, sometimes that's counterintuitive to just wanting to fuck, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And that's sort of the fun, jazzy pitch for it. But the real meat of it comes when you see that, like, the gay community is not ready to accept me as a disabled person. And then I interrogate why 
that is why gay men are very judgmental. And finally, I interrogate myself and my own judgment of other people in not being able to, or not being ready or interested in accepting other people's differences that aren't related to disability, but are equally discriminatory and filled with prejudice and exclusion. So that is to say, I am not in innocent in this endeavor. And when I am, when I am casting a light on the perils of the gay community, a marginalized group that then marginalizes people from inside of itself, I am part of that problem and not exempt from it. So that is sort of the dramatic part of the sexy fun. It's a, it's just a really marvelous, marvelous show. And um, if you have not seen him do it yet, that's okay. I'm if sure you, you have will. not seen me do it yet, I will tell you how. Oh. Please. At the end of uh, January for a month through Woolly Mammoth Theater Company, and I am a theater company, so this is January 2021, in case somebody's listening to this podcast in 2047 and, and uh, doesn't know what year it is. Uh, in January of 2021, at the end of January, for a month, it will stream on Broadway On Demand. Um, and also, Ryan, what else are you you known for? B- people have seen you in some pretty big things. Can you, can you go through your resume for us, please, Ryan? What else have you done? Uh, I've been on television, primarily on a show called The Politician on Netflix, starring Ben Platt, Gwyneth Paltrow, Jessica Lange, Judith Light, Bette Midler, Unfamiliar. To name a few. It's so nice. There are so many newbies in that. Yeah. Yeah. Never heard of any of those. That's great. That's weird. So you are part of a television show, and today we're going to be talking about a television show. So there's there's a lineage. Okay. So, Ryan, how did you first discover I Love Lucy? Nick at night Mm. in in my bed as a very little boy uh, in, in my childhood bedroom. I would watch it on, you know, a little box TV that was, you can't see what I'm doing because this is a podcast. He's making a box. A tiny little box Truly. TV. He's doing a jazz square. And it was, so it was definitely like the first black and white thing I had ever seen. Probably the first black and white thing I had ever engaged with. Oh. And there was a mm-hmm. moment of, like I would, I watched and I watched and I watched and I absolutely loved it. And I thought it was the funniest thing. And they were just so funny. And I'm this little kid, you know, maybe five, six, seven years old, digesting, digesting. I love these four people. I love these characters. It's so wonderful. And then like another black and white show comes on, on, on Nick and Knight and it's Leave it to Beaver or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a moment of me trying to, trying to like do the math of of like oh little ricky has grown up and <laughs> lucy has blonde hair now or has lighter hair now because it's black and white and i like think they're the same show because it's these two black and white 50 sitcoms and to me like nothing ever existed that was that looked like that so i was like maybe it's a different year like maybe that is wow, maybe they jumped around. And, uh, I, and, I, wow. 
and then and then I realized that you know not every black and white show was the same show <laughs> and, so, and so I only you know I was very selective about about I Love Lucy I got Hulu during quarantine and started watching not only a number of Hulu shows but re-watching I Love Lucy for the first time in I guess my adult life and it is just, I mean, what it's a masterpiece. It's mm-hmm. absolutely a masterpiece. And sometimes something that you obsess over as a child doesn't hold up for you that way. Sure, sure. And, and it really does. It's it's a magnificent. It's and even the episodes I've seen five, six times are still last night, last night while eating dinner in preparation for this recording. I got up to the William Holden episode uh, in, in Hollywood, and it was one of the most funny things I've ever seen. Do you, think, mm. do you think that you went back to it because it was familiar? Like, in quarantine, I've been having trouble concentrating on new things, um, except for Housewives franchises, because it's so background, and it's just sure. watch these idiots fight, and I don't have to pay attention. Um, but I can rewatch like 30 Rock over and over or something like that because it's familiar and um, is like a mac and cheese for my eyes. I don't know. I was with my parents for the bulk of the pandemic. Now I'm back in New York, Mm -hmm. but I was in Ohio for a long time. And we definitely started by watching, you know, Rami and Pen15 and the series on Hulu that people were telling me that I needed to be watching. And then it just, it was very prominent on the main homepage, I Love Lucy. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, how fun. I would love to. I would love to just watch an episode or two. And then my mom and I started just going through it. Oh, going, going. Every night we would watch. In my downtime, I would watch Lucy walking on the treadmill in my parents' basement. I would watch Lucy until I fell off the treadmill and then I stopped using the treadmill because I fell too many times. <laughs> but I'm a disabled person for those who don't know. I think we just talk, covered that in, in the higher you single uh, moment. But I was like, literally like Lucy and Ethel were, were chatting about something as I'm like laying on the treadmill because I fell <laughs> and they're still talking on my iPhone. It's, I'm trying to be funny. It's not. Listen, I God bless, because I haven't looked at a treadmill since. I didn't get hurt. I didn't get hurt. It was okay. Good. Um, but I haven't walked on a treadmill uh, since falling. And I support you, that. And you, can, joy. and you can see it. And especially that first week of watching it again, I could feel my brain chemistry like changing. I was like, I need to watch. I need, I need to watch I Love Lucy. Not only that, do I, I need to read the, that Wikipedia page, you know, five times, mm-hmm. top to bottom, to get all the, and then I'm going to an interview with uh, Lucy and Vivian from years later, and I'm going to this YouTube thing and that YouTube thing. And then, of course, I land on the movie that I wore out the VHS tape of, because I recorded it on, when I was a kid and just kept watching it over and over, which was Lucy with Rachel York and Danny Pino. And I watched that and I was like, does this hold up? And that's an interesting question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I love Rachel York. Like, She's from from the bottom of my heart. 
I love Rachel York. I don't necessarily know who wrote that script. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Uh, but I didn't, but I couldn't have told you that when I was 10. I, I just kept watching it over and over and I was like, this is the definitive story of Lucy and Desi. And it's, you know. Have, have, gentlemen, I'm so sorry. Have you guys also seen 1991's Lucy and Desi Before the Laughter? I watched a few with, clips. Mm, with Frances Fisher as Lucy? But I, okay. couldn't, but I couldn't, I couldn't get, through, I couldn't get through it. It's one of those nice early '90s TV movies. So I have not seen it. No. Oh, I, I read. A, I read. A, I read. You know, Lucy Arnaz absolutely like lambasting that one. I've tried so hard to be like. I've tried to Google literally like Lucy Arnaz, Rachel York to try to see if there's any commentary from her or the Sun, but she's the one that's more public about her reaction to that film. But I can't find it but she absolutely hated the 1991 i am going to email her i'm going to ask her and 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 then we'll get an answer oh i'm gonna ask her that might be our first major gay gasp (laughs) on air i'm so happy ryan haddad just uh (laughs) spoke dolphin he went so high and i'm very proud of you if you if you, if you, if you connect me somehow to Lucy Arnett, I can have a... He's, I, now he's crying, tears of joy. <laughs> I don't, that's not what you said, and it's not what you offered, but it is what I heard. And so, oh my God, <laughs> I want to ask her all kinds of things. Oh my God. I, I mean, will... Robbie is not having this. Robbie no, I'm so into it. I will be. I will be obsessed. a matchmaker between Ryan and Lucy Arnaz. <laughs> well, <laughs> I will make it happen. So this well, man has worked with Bette Midler, and the the just sheer joy, the gay gasping of Lucille Luckinbill, <laughs> of Lucy Arnaz. I can't. I'm ex- I'm obsessed. Oh dear. When, oh god. Oh god. When Birdland oh, god. comes oh, god. back, the three of us are gonna go see her sing together. Yes. Done. Yes. Yes. She's got a great voice. I She's... wonder. I wonder if she'll take requests because <laughs> because there's a, okay. I don't yep. even know how to do this in a way that is coherent, and people probably have stopped listening. They haven't. Just because of the number of times I've said um and like. I have just a lot of things to say, so let me try to cover them in some way, and then we can we can have fun. But I need to tell you that a song that I've carried with me for all of life is from the final episode of what is now titled the Lucy Desi Comedy Hour. I can't mm-hmm. remember. I did read the Wikipedia six times, but it wasn't called that at the time. They were just like hour-long specials or whatever. And it wasn't supposed to be the final episode, but they were getting a divorce, and they it was called it. the Lucille Ball Desi Arnaz Show. Mm. Thank you. Yeah, and and he's very handsome. When I'm watching that, when I'm watching the reruns, it's like, wow, is he hot? Mm-hmm. Wow, 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 wow. You know, I get it. I wish that I don't know what I wish. Gary Morton was a wonderful second husband. 
Um, I, he was a peach. Well, she literally like Barbara Walters. They're outside. Yes. She's sitting next to Gary and like giving it to us about about the heartbreak of of Desi, even though Gary is sitting next to her. And I think <laughs> like Gary has been sitting, you know, has said, you know, she always loved. She didn't never stopped loving Desi, and that and he clearly wasn't bothered by it enough to not be her husband. So that good. I'm happy that she had happiness uh, and deserved that. I mean, I'm not, I don't even know what I'm saying. There's a song in the final episode of Lucy Ball Desi Arnaz show now called the Lucy Desi Comedy Hour featuring Ernie Kovacs and Edie Adams. And Edie sings uh, the Harold Arlen song, That's All. I can only give you love that lasts forever and the promise to be near each time you call and the only heart I own for you and you alone. That's all, that's all. I can only give you country walks in springtime and a hand to hold when leaves begin to fall and a love whose burning light will warm the winter night. That's all, that's all. Did I finish? That was lovely. It's exactly the way that she, like, it's exactly the inflection. Every syllable is exactly what Edie Adams does. Uh, And the story goes that they said to Edie, you can say whatever you want, just bring a nice song. And she loved them. She loved, I love Lucy. She loved the show. She said, wouldn't this be wonderful to sing? So she, you know, they give, Vivian Vance, the sheet music, and she goes over to the piano. And in the, I don't know if this was in the rehearsal or in the, in the filming, but you, but she starts singing it. And there's an interview of Edie telling this story. That's, that's why I know. And, and both uh, Lucy and Desi just are, are broken and they like completely break down because they didn't know and Edie didn't know that they were about to get a divorce. Mm. So she, and, and so they were just, and you know, it was so raw to them. And I don't know what that says about me that I sing this at people's weddings or it's like my, let me do, you want me to do something? I'm going to do. That's all made famous by, not not made famous by Edie Adams on the Lucio Baldessi Arnett show, but that is my homage. And I'm like, they were about to get a divorce. Did you know? I can only do <laughs> And uh, I so, love this karaoke bar. Honestly, <laughs> what a tr- I'm moving into your new apartment just so I can get that every night. And I'll just sing Obscure Sondheim at you. So I was so obsessed and I love this song. I also love certain episodes of the Lucio Baldessi Arnest show, Lucy Desi Comedy Hour are memorable to me because I, one in particular I remember watching in my other grandmother's 
not the same grandmother who just passed away, but uh, one that died long ago. I, I visited her in her, you know, at home. I would sleep over her house. We would watch the Golden Girls usually, but I remember one night upstairs, I would be sleeping in her double bed with her and she was like rolled over asleep. She didn't love, this grandmother, Julia, didn't love I Love Lucy because the crying, the sound of the was like, she hated that. So she just would, she didn't like to watch with me, but she fell asleep and I was watching Nick at night. And it was the episode where they show Lucy and Ricky meeting. Oh, which, yes. Which clearly they, re, in re-watching the series now, I, I notice discrepancies. You know, they weren't, they didn't have a ton of story continuity. There was not always a ton of story continuity because of the, the version of the backstory that they give in season one versus season three versus season four versus sure. the, the 10 years later, those, those hour longs. Um, or there, there was no show Bible. No. So, yes. and, and the thing is that there was no, um, there were no reruns. I mean, Ricky, yeah. Ricky, oh God, look at me. Jesse invented the rerun so that Lucy could go on maternity leave. There had been no, there had been no rerun really. And let's uh, talk about that for one second because really? Lucy was such a trailblazer. Um, she was the first woman to be like first sitcom to be pregnant expecting yeah yeah expecting um even though they slept in twin beds well no they went from their beds being their twin beds being pushed together Mm -hmm. prior to the pregnancy for every episode prior to the pregnancy and then as soon as you get pregnant they're now separated yeah that's just it's fascinating to me it's scandalous it is it is Mm-hmm. But they did it, and I mean, according to Wikipedia, I know I should read real books and not only Wikipedia all the time. But they filmed, they filmed extra episodes at the end of season one in order to push Lucy's pregnancy further into season two, so that they had the episodes of her you know, not showing. Mm-hmm. And then when she started showing, when they came back from their hiatus, that was when they did the like, we're about to have a baby. And then some of the episodes that were filmed before her pregnancy were intercut as flashbacks to cover for her maternity leave. Oh. The set, the set was so ma- is so magical. And mm-hmm. when I'm thinking about I went twice to Jamestown to Home of Lucy. Yes. That's why I sent you I sent you DMs of her grave, which You um, did. Her excavated grave because she was, I think, buried in Los Angeles and they exhumed her body and brought it to Jamestown. Yeah. Is there an I just have to ask very quickly. I have a lot of friends that send me DMs of like cemeteries and, and burial plots of celebrities. Uh, does that say something about me? Yes. No. <laughs> that was from the year. That was from the year two thousand seven. Okay. <laughs> that we went on that trip, and that was the second trip. The first trip was sort of blah, and they just had the little museum, which 
the museum itself at the time was really small and it was, I mean, I was enamored by it enough to go back. But when I went back, they had opened like the studio replica. So you could go in and see the sets. And that put me over the edge. That I was just in a puddle of cheers. Yeah. And when I think about my, you know, watching an episode of with my reluctant grandmother, Julia, because she didn't like the way that Lucy cried in I Love Lucy, laying in her bed with her as she was asleep, that bedroom set was my grandmother's bedroom set. And that, and I would never have made that connection. I mean, I'm stupid because I can see the architecture now that it's exactly the same, but my grandmother had a double bed separated by a twin bed for my grandfather. And it was the same sort of mid-century uh, storage in the back and you know, the radio and, the, and mm -hmm. the, it was all the same. And it wasn't until I saw it in color in the museum that mm. I was like, that's grandma and grandpa's bedroom. And they had, um, grandma was still alive when that happened. So I, I don't know what sort of overtook me with the emotion, but I, it was it really more than, more than seeing the, the living room or the kitchen. It was going to that bedroom and seeing, saying I've been on that furniture and I've been in that room and just never realized the mm. personal connection that it had for me. Wow. That's, that's, it's amazing how that can happen. That's really lovely. What a lovely story. And the second time, that second time was when we went back and her grave was there because her mm. grave was, I think there had just been like a marker that said Lucy in honor of Lucy or something. And then they like literally shipped her body across the country and put it in Jamestown. I don't know if she would have wanted her body. In, who knows? Did you see that statue? Yeah, the oh. statue is interesting. <laughs> uh huh. It's not. It's not uh, the likeness that I want to preserve of her in my mind. <laughs> I don't think she would like that. Uh, I don't know if Lu I don't know if Lucy Arnaz is going to be thrilled with with my with all my takes in this episode. I, we, we won't tell her. We won't pass this part on to her. Okay. So, as a as a young queer Middle Eastern boy growing up, Middle Eastern American, I have Middle to Eastern American. Knowledge yes. that it's American because they've been here for one hundred years. And um, what? What was it about I Love Lucy that sort of helped you along your path? Mm. Well, I think that she was so bigger than life. And unlike a lot of the ensemble shows now, it's not an, it's not an ensemble show. It is her mm. show. There is not a single episode that like only focuses on Ethel or is really Ricky's story and she and Lucy is a supporting character. They were all her. But I looked at these women as the, the pillars of how to, how to hold space and how to carry a story and how to 
really masterfully, gorgeously entertain and make people laugh. Uh, but I didn't know, as I said before, I said, I said this, you know, half hour ago, I didn't realize that I was learning from these women. Mm -hmm. I just thought that I was being entertained. But now, whenever I deadpan in one of my pieces, or whenever I take you from joy to heartbreak in 15 seconds, it's because I learned from, from, from this pantheon uh, through my television screen. Mm. And Lucy, you know, when I talk about Whoopi, it's like, I literally watched that one movie 700 times. But Lucy was a different show, a different show every night or two shows every night if they were doing back to back on Nick at Night or something like that. Mm -hmm. or then it, and then it moved to TV land. And you, you watch the many different ways that she manipulates the audience with her brilliance. And that's really what performance is. You're manipulating the live audience, especially when, because she had a live audience. And it's at the top of my mind because last night was the William Holden, was mm. me watching the William Holden episode. You know, they had done the gag like five times. They got up and, you know, there's Clark Gable. There's, there's this person. There's this person. And then Fred gets, when they say there's Lana Turner, Fred pops out of her, his, his seat. And so you think, okay, okay. And I know that William Holden is about to come and sit in the next booth. But the way that she stared at him and the way that she made every moment of staring different than the last moment and then the way that he did it back with her, I'm sure that when you think of William Holden, you don't, you think of a gorgeous, handsome leading man. You don't think of a comedic genius, but he was going toe to toe with her in a giant way, which mm -hmm. must have been huge at the time because many of their guest stars up until the Hollywood chapter are character actors who were very lovely, but not big, big, big stars. And the fact that you could see it wasn't just a big star, like phoning it in. William Holden is giving a brilliant performance mm -hmm. in that episode. And because they're fueled by each other, it's miraculous watching it happen. I didn't answer your question about how <laughs> it made my way. And this is something I've struggled you with. sort of this, did. No, this is something I've struggled with since I, uh, I, per, I suggested this uh, to you as my topic is that I don't like, I don't know. There's nothing explicitly gay about I Love Lucy. There really is not. Um, and I'm sure you can say that about a lot of older things that we, that, that have become iconic gay pieces of nostalgia, but it's very, it's super, super heteronormative. And the closest that I can get is when they have one of those character actors, who I of course immediately Google as soon as the episode is over, who was that and why did they do that? Yeah. There are, there are several men throughout the series who are doing a more uh, feminine, a feminine affect 
when they are playing the supporting character of that particular episode. And then you have to ask yourself, is that man doing that to be funny? Was that man a gay man who couldn't be gay in 1951? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or do they know that this person is gay? Like, do do the actors, I mean, is it known that that's sure. a gay man and the character can't be gay, but the man at the hat store can be, or right. the man who comes in to sell the vacuum can be, or the man, you know, do they accept it any, you know, what- what The, the open secretness of it, like Paul yeah. Lind. It's just very curious to me because when you were watching a more effeminate gentleman, not that being gay means you have to be effeminate. Of course, we know that. But to see an effeminate male figure on TV in 1950 or 51, it was 51 to 57 or 56. Um, what did that mean for an audience? You know, what, what was registering in their mind? Because I'm looking and going, oh, either that actor is gay and out, that actor is gay and closeted, or that character is uh, is made to be this mm. way for mm -hmm. comedic effect. What is happening to uh, uh, the average American viewer in the middle of a country watching that? They're laughing, they're laughing, but what are they laughing at and why mm -hmm. are they laughing at it? So that is why I've, I've sort of struggled. What I've always been interested by is you know, especially at this time period, you know, if you're a gay person, you're being told, one, you don't exist, right? And two, uh, you know, stop acting out, stop showing your flamboyance. And I think what's interesting is this Lucy's character runs a parallel. Mm -hmm. You're a woman, you stay at home, don't try to get a job, stay in your place. Right, you cannot be in the show. You can't be in the show. Mm -hmm. you, you cannot be seen. Right. You embarrassing to mm -hmm. be seen. But she cannot not be seen. And every episode is, I will be seen. I will be heard. Do you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. that, that to me is, is what, I, what I gravitate towards with her, is while she's breaking down the stereotype of what women were supposed to be in the 1950s, mm -hmm. I think she's also breaking down another stereotype, which is if you've got you know, a song to sing or you feel like you should be center of attention you should be noticed and acknowledged why aren't you because mm -hmm. every episode he tells her you can't do it and she's like i will show you i will show you and he, she keeps wearing him down yeah and sometimes she gets it wrong you know and sometimes I, she gets it wrong what i structurally what i structurally find so interesting is when the plot has gone 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 gone, gone and now there's 30 seconds left in the episode and suddenly something someone snaps their fingers and everyone's happy again, or which that always feels really jarring when they like, we're just fighting and then the credit and then they're happy. And then the yes. credits roll. The other one, my life was that. the other one is when they don't resolve it and mm. you, they, the episode corners her into a realization of you can't get out of this. And she goes, yeah, and then the credits roll. Yes, yeah. You know what I just read? Oh, sorry. Time, but most of the time, she, you're right. She does yeah. show. She, she does show him that he's wrong. And mm -hmm. even if it ends awkwardly, 
it still is about her trying to triumph and be and being noticed even if they can't come up with a button for the episode at mm-hmm. least they have that what i really appreciate and this just didn't even dawn on me until we started talking is in her subsequent series even though she was you know she never had a husband in the other series and she never had boyfriends in the other series so it's just sort of like i am enough mm-hmm. like i don't i don't i am enough i don't need a, a man yeah and, may, and maybe people were like oh you know it's going to be weird to see somebody else besides desi up there with whatever the reason she's like i'm not i i do not need a man and she always had that best friend who would do whatever she said yeah and she's strong and she's independent and she's a single mother mm-hmm. in both of them yeah Vivian Vance was for sure the uh, the Marcy to Lucille Ball's Peppermint Patty. Yes. One hundo. And can we agree that Vivian Vance is also a queen in her own right? I can't. Yes. Oh, she, every time I watch her really get to like sink her teeth into something, when they give her the spotlight for two minutes, I am overwhelmed by how brilliant she is. And she started off as a musical theater actress and had an incredible stage career after Lucy. She she was a very big uh, a, a summer stock actress, which at the time was you know very yeah. high profile. Well, I'm proud of I'm proud of Vivian. Yes, for mm-hmm. standing up to uh, demand her worth, mm-hmm. and that is why she left the series at the end of season three of the Lucy Show because she had had enough of being undervalued and the unfortunate thing is that her demands had been miscommunicated to Lucy as something different or more hoity-toity and snobby and Lucy was like no no but then realized the value of, of Vivian and what it was to not have her by her side. Mm-hmm. There is an amazing book called The Other Side of Ethel Mertz. And it's a biography of Vivian Vance. Oh, wow. Um, and it's really fantastic. And it goes into um, a lot of that uh, uh, that Ryan is discussing. Um, so, yeah, if you get a chance, please pick up a copy of the book The Other Side of Ethel Mertz. Isn't it the um, one to cover of her, like, as a total vixen? Like, yes, like- yes. And she played, what I really love about the way Vivian Vance plays all of these things is always with such dignity. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, ne- there's never a sense of, you know, I'm, poor me. It's, it's always, she will play the positive. One of my favorite Ethel Mertz moments, and it's a very, it's a very brief one, but it's my favorite, is um, it's the one you just talked about, actually, Ryan, where um, they take, Fred and Ethel take Lucy and Ricky to court for the defective television set. And Ricky coaches Lucy, and he says, "When you get when you get up on the stand, he's like, flash your leg a little bit to the judge, to to you know flirt yeah. with him." So Lucy gets up there and she does that, and then Ethel, seeing this, she gets up there and she crosses her legs and she moves her skirt a little to show her knee, and Fred starts pulling her skirt down. He goes, "What do you want to do? Lose the case for us?" <laughs> and the look of like her the the the, the deadpan look she gives him is mm-hmm. absolutely brilliant. I like Vivian Vance. I love Vivian and I love, and I, you know, Fred was never somebody that I wrote home about or remembered <laughs> or remembered very much of. But William, I did. <laughs> but William Frawley is 
fucking brilliant. Now, now that I'm older and watching for the technicalities of comedy, he's brilliant, gorgeously brilliant. He's the, so good. The beauty of that cast, and I think this is what she didn't have also going forward, to be honest with you, was those other three individuals besides her were brilliant comic players mm-hmm. every single one of them and i know people give like desi a bad rap like oh he's not really not. no no no. no he's good he was good he's very funny he is quite good but you're right the, and i don't think she had those type you, what is it like when you play tennis you want to play with someone who's better than you to up your game and i think all those other actors with her all brought such experience to it that her game was upped. And then as time went on, the people that would surround her in these shows just were, I'm sorry, just not at her level. No. Just not at her level. She did use, she used. Oh, Gail Gordon. Gail Gordon twice. Yeah. Did you just make a sports reference? I did. Tennis is the one with the City of Angels. Thank you so much. Um, and, and and Gail Gordon was in the last one with her, too. Oh, so that's what I mean. She used him in both of the two. Oh, seasons. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, she, he... Oh, in the last, meaning the life with Lucy. The yeah, life. yeah. She, oh, she, so he yeah. did all three. He did all three. And he was the first choice for Fred Mertz. Oh, but wow. he couldn't get out of a contract with something else. Um, I have a very funny story, if I may, about how much Fred and Ethel hated each other. Oh, please. I please. love these stories. I know they did. Mm-hmm. So they they disliked each other intensely um, for many, many reasons. Um, but you would think that the rivalry would end once the sitcom went off the air. It did not. Um, because later on in life, Vivian Vance went over to the Lucy show. And uh, William Frawley, who played Fred, did My Three Sons. Now, their studios were right next to each other. The sound stages were right next to each other. And when they would have a break on My Three Sons, <laughs> William Frawley would say to the kids, He's like, hey, you want to want to come with me and, and have a little fun? And he would take the kids over to the here the the Lucy show set, and they would stand up in the catwalk. And anytime Vivian had a line, they would take pennies and throw them against the pipes. So the noise would have they'd go cut. There's some noise. We have to go back and reshoot it just oh to drive, just to drive wow. her just to drive her batty. That has been confirmed by two of the three sons that I have spoken to. Thank you. <laughs> Um, the I Love Lucy is so prevalent in comedy that last season, Will and Grace did an entire episode where they recreated mm-hmm. famous scenes from the show where everybody in the cast played Lucy at different points. Uh, I Except just, Eric McCormick, which is fine because nobody needs to see no, a straight man play Lucy. Nope. Uh, but they brought in Leslie Jordan to do it instead. No, 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 no. Leslie played the Leslie Stomps of Grapes. Yes, with Eric. Us, Eric, I'm Netflix. saying that Eric played Eric played mm-hmm. uh, Jesse in every all the yeah. all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have a favorite? You knew this question was coming. Do you have a favorite I Love Lucy episode? What about you, Rob? I have, ooh, I I have a couple. Well, I mean the 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 going to uh, the Brown Derby for the first time and and it's the Wilden, William Holden episode where she lights her nose on fire is still hands down absolutely hysterical from start to finish um yeah. i yeah. really i really love that one the, the the trial with the television set is also absolutely hysterical mm-hmm. um and you know what i also have one that is a little obscure but i always find very touching um and 
they they had touching moments on the shows, but like a whole episode dedicated to how touching it was. Is do you guys remember the episode where Fred's old vaudeville partner comes into town? No. Um, and uh, he comes and he's an older guy. And uh, Fred is like, oh, he, you know, he, you must be so successful. You're always on the road. And the guy goes, well, not really. He's like, I really haven't had any success whatsoever. And I'm a salesman now. And it's really sad because I lie to my grandkid. I send like my grandkid postcards from places telling him that I'm a, I'm a star. And he's coming into town and I don't know what to do. And at Ricky at the Tropicana, they put on like a 1910s review that stars this old guy. So the grandson can see it and be like, oh, my grandpa actually is a star. And it's so sweet and it's so warm. Mm-hmm. It's a really lovely episode. It's, it, that, that one gets me. Also, a brilliant physical comedy thing that I don't think she gets enough credit for is the episode where she has to go, I think, to Staten Island to get her passport. And, oh. she's, and, Fred's, and Fred has to go too. And the only way he can get there is by ferry. And so they, give it, they take these uh, Dramamine pills that puts them to sleep. And then she's just like <laughs> exhausted and has to like stay awake to get the the photo taken. Mm-hmm. There's there's just so many. What about what about you, Robbie? Me? Yeah. Oh, the episode where they're supposed to go see the most happy fella. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> yep. And Lucy got tickets for the matinee, and they're there for the evening. So they decide they they manage to get two tickets to the show. So they decide the ladies are going to see the first act, and the men will see the second act. But the ladies try to second act it anyway. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And the purse drops. They invented second acting, really. They really, you know, thank you. So, <laughs> you know what else I really like? I totally forgot about this one. It's the one where they, uh, Ricky asks his boss for a raise. Uh-huh. And, the, mm-hmm. and the boss is like, Don't, you know what? I can't give you the raise. Go take the other engagements. And he has no engagements. So Lucy, Fred, and Ethel uh, make all these reservations as, as different guests. And they come in, right? And they're like, they're like, is Ricky Ricardo playing tonight? He's not. Let's go. And they just have to keep putting on all these different costumes to play the customers that are upset that Ricky is not there anymore. Yeah. That one always makes me laugh. And what it really underlines in the series for me is that no matter what problem they had, Fred always had a friend in vaudeville who could fix the problem. No matter mm-hmm. what would go on, they're like, where are we going to get 300 costumes? And Fred would go, had a friend in vaudeville once. He still owns a costume shop. We can get him to do it. No matter what was going on, there would always be a friend. Well, Ethel's offensive costumes came from Ethel's friend who was a seamstress at a Broadway show. Or at a Broadway review. Yes. A friend who's a seamstress at a Broadway review. Hello, darling. Can I just call you up? Thank you. (laughs) What goes on in this world? And I feel like I'm cheating because I saw William Holden last night in preparation for this episode. There are no bad answers. in. But I think it's that. I think it... Because I laughed harder at that last night. Literally, I was howling in my apartment. And the neighbors probably hated me because it was well after midnight. And That's Lucy. It no was one could so, hate you. It was so you. funny. It was so brilliantly, brilliantly, brilliantly funny. And I, I just think, I think it was that one. And I, and I will highlight the three comedy hours that I haven't arrived at, which is the one w- w- which I have talked about, but which I haven't rewatched as an adult yet, which is uh, 
Lucy meets him. Lucy meets the mustache, which is the final one mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. where Edie sings that song. Uh, the Tallulah Banquet, of course, and then the one where they meet each other. Even though it contradicts the backstory that they <laughs> la- they lay out. What backstory? No yeah. show Bible. No. But I loved it, and I'm always like, "Ooh, why didn't that come first? Like, why didn't why why didn't they do that first? But it's something similar that you said about the Golden Girls. You know, it wasn't. They wait. They did the end of season one. They did the How We Met episode, not mm-hmm. not episode one, mm-hmm. right? Which makes a lot of sense, probably more as a writer. But as a kid, I was like, I wanted an order, you know. Sure. Yeah. Well, guess I what? Think, you know what I want to give a nod to? I want to give a nod to Mrs. Trumbull because they <laughs> say her name so many times. She even in the, even when that that poor actress should be getting residuals for every time. I mean, she's dead. But <laughs> every time she's hanging out with Charlotte Ray. Every time the character the character's name is mentioned, it's just the excuse to it's she was a mother, Lucy was a mother, right? Mm-hmm. But they couldn't have the kid in every episode. So they Mrs. Trumbull was the scapegoat that got the kid out of every episode. Also, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Where is little Ricky? When they're in Hollywood. They what can't a, leave the baby with Mrs. Trumbull. <laughs> like, what a way to not have the baby in Hollywood. Like, Mrs. Trumbull's Lucy's, 107 years old. They're going to leave a baby with her? <laughs> Lucy's mom uh, appeared in only, she's uh, season three, episode two, the Ricardos go to Japan. She is little Ricky's babysitter. But I find it so interesting. The first episode available on Hulu is, Lucy thinks Ricky is trying to murder her, which is episode four. And then in the in that show, in that film, the first episode that they pretend is the pilot in mm-hmm. the Rachel York film is Lucy thinks Ricky is trying to murder her. And I don't understand. I mean, the movie came out in 2003, but is it like, does TBS not have the rights to those first three episodes or just who... It's Hulu. Someone. I no. I think that Lucy, tr- Ricky's trying to murder her. I think was the first filmed episode. Really, and it just was the third to fourth to air. And it was the fourth to air, but the, it was the first episode they ever filmed. Sure, the Judy Garland show showed everything out of order, so that makes some kind of sense. But when they broadcast it, it was the fourth episode. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank of course. you so much. That's, that, I got my PhD in Lucy history, so thank you so much. Yeah. I, I kind of want to be there when Ryan and Lucy Arnaz talk to each other for the first time. I don't well, you, you, I must, just, you have to be because you're the one, yes. you're, you're the medium who's making it happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like to bring people together. Said it will, like she it let me sing, will she let me sing That's All at her next Cabaret engagement? I can't I wait to see that happen. That's going to be great. Ryan, tell the people how they can find out more about you and your the you're streaming all of it. How can people find you? At Ryan J. Haddad on Instagram. Also on Twitter, at Ryan J. Haddad. But I have been locked out of my Twitter for months oh. uh, because of a password issue. So I haven't been updating Twitter very much, but someday I'll return to Twitter. It was a blessing to not be on Twitter during the election. Oh, um, yeah, I bet. Good. And I um, have a website that is rarely used 
called ryanjhadad.com. And oh. folks, that's all in our description. So you just click the links mm-hmm. and you'll see Ryan's beautiful face. Not as beautiful as yours or yours or yours or yours. He's talking about all my chins, Robbie. He's not talking about you. <laughs> oh, what a, I'm looking at his Squarespace website right now. I'm very excited. Oh, ama- amazing. And it's, hey, speaking of exciting, uh, Robbie, what is all of our listeners' homework for uh, next time? Oh, so listen, here's the thing. We're not giving homework next time because mm. the next episode is our Christmas episode. Ooh, yeah. Christmas. And so you and I are just going to drop our favorite Christmas specials on the listener. Done and done. Yeah, and I, I just, we're just going to surprise each other. Maybe the, maybe the same ones will show up there. Is Brady Bunch, a very Brady Christmas, going to show up somewhere? Probably. Probably. Oh, where he gets trapped in the yes. M building? And he's So, Daddy, Daddy uh, Brady. All you, Faith? Yes, Sorry. is stuck in a building that collapses on him. And how is he saved? By Florence Henderson singing, Oh, come all you faithful out on the sidewalk. <laughs> So listen, like, subscribe, share our podcast around, follow us at G Revoked. Uh, we have a wonderful Bethany Anselecki who does all of our social media stuff. Okay, yeah. I'm just going to say, I know you're plugging your next episode, but I need Great. to the universe. If Lucy Arnaz wants <laughs> to make me a paper boy in the Kate Blanchett vehicle, if I, I would play a paper boy, I would play a secretary, I would play a a butler but that's look i know i have a walker and i know we don't believe that disabilities existed in the past but i'll hide behind a desk i'll i'll st- stand behind a counter i'll even i'll i'll even just be in a chair i don't care i just if i could be in the lucy vehicle we know you have power you have power Ms. arnett you have all the power I want to sing That's All by Harold Arlen as performed by Edie Adams. He says, I'm going to sing That's All as sung by Edie Adams. (laughs) That she sang to your divorcing parents. Don't you think? (laughs) Now, you might not remember this, but Edie Adams does this amazing (laughs) song.